Well, good afternoon, everybody. You are watching Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards, and I am Father Larry Richards. Aren't you excited? Anyway, it's good to have you on this 28th of September, uh, 2023. And uh, so the first thing we always do is we must pray. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for being faithful. We thank you for giving us existence. We thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. We thank you for our life, our salvation, and your love. We ask you to help us to always know your will and to always do your will and to want your will more than we want our next breath. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' holy name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. And your Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, hello, everybody. Well, they, they moved the camera on me, so now it's up high. So I don't know if I'll be looking at you as easily now because I, I used to just look straight ahead, but now i got to look up at you. And so it, I don't, it don't take me some time. So uh, uh, I know. I just, that's what they did. So I just do what I'm told. <laughs> Never. Anyway. Oh, gosh. What a week it has been, huh? Um, my bishop has everybody, uh, as I talked about at Mass last week, uh, last Tuesday, I had a meeting with my bishop and the vicar general on Monday to discuss the uh, um, future of my parish uh, first of all, thank you for all your prayers, and thank you for um, your uh, uh, letter writing and that. Uh, you can stop writing letters. He was uh, overwhelmed with letters. He wasn't exactly happy <laughs> with all the letters, and he wasn't happy. He watched my podcast, and he watched my Mass the next day, and he said, I explained it wrong, what we were supposed to do, or what, well, I don't know, I, I, and I didn't do it on purpose, of course, Um but uh, it was good. He's a good man. We had a, a good talk. Um, I think that their preliminary plan when it comes to us will not uh, be what's happening, by God's grace. Um, we don't know exactly what's going to be happening. There are going to be mergers. There are going to be partnering and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the original thing with us, I think that's now off the table. But again, almost anything can happen. They talked about what we're going to do with me, all kinds of stuff. Um, They're very, very good, both the bishop and my classmates. So I was uh, very happy. So he says, now, I don't want you to like go talking about all this stuff. And I said, well, I got to tell people something, you know, so what am I going to tell people? And he goes, I don't know. And I says, how about uh, it's more hopeful than we thought. Okay, you can do that. So it's more hopeful than we thought, okay? So again, thank you for all your prayers. Uh, thank you. Like uh, the bishop secretary and I walked in and says, Father Larry, we're getting letters from all over the world. Uh, I'm going to start collecting stamps from all these different places. Um, so uh, no idea how many uh, letters and that that came in. Uh, but I just know there is... Um, a lot. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of them. So, uh, but no idea how many, but just thank you for all of you who did that. And your prayers was the most important thing. So we thank you for that. And uh, again, there's always hope in the future and there's always hope for what we're going to be doing. And I talk about, uh, I wrote a letter to the bishop says that I would, uh, I am involved in evangelization around the world and I'd, I'd love to do more here. Uh, I'm always afraid to do stuff just for my parish because I don't want the other priests to get uh, uh, mad or anything or jealous or any, you know, so I've always kind of held back, but I just, I'd be, I'd love to do something like that for the diocese, you know, to really get us all, because I'm not interested in just getting people to my church. I'll do that to make sure that we stay uh, healthy and everything, but I'm more interested in bringing people to a relationship with Jesus Christ, that they come to know him, uh, to truly to know him, to love him and serve him so they can live with him forever. I mean, that's the whole point. It's not about keeping a church open. It's not about just uh, doing, uh, you know, this is my parish. I've been there for 21 years and we have to keep this going. It's a beautiful church. Uh, we got to 
my thing is we got to make sure that we are uh, bringing people to Jesus. And again, I learned years ago that uh, if I read a book where we're talking about being a pastor, and it says, if your parish was to close today, and if the only people would notice was your parishioners, you weren't the church of Jesus Christ. And so I've always tried to make sure that that isn't uh, the reality of us, that it's more than just um, us at St. Joe's Bread of Life or even the people we talk to every day uh, online, that watch us online. I was in Connecticut on, uh, I wasn't here last week, I stopped and saw my stepfather in Pittsburgh, and then I went up and uh, I was doing a... uh, a men's conference in Connecticut, which was fantastic. These guys were fantastic. And um, so when I sat there, and uh, they did something up there which I had never seen before, and I didn't think I was going to like it, uh, but it was uh, very good. You know, I was the first speaker, um, scared everybody, <laughs> you know. And uh, But before I spoke... Uh, someone got up and they had 27 or 28 relics of various saints. And so um, they processed them in, but not just processed them in. It was very powerful the way they sang. The saints are with us today. And uh, uh, they'd say, okay, we have with us St. Vincent de Paul, if you will. And St. Vincent worked with the poor and da-da-da. And someone would process down. And then when that guy's halfway down, we also have... Uh, St. Maria Goretti, who gave up her life for purity. Uh, we also have da da da, and they were all come down and put on the stage on a long table in different reliquaries. And uh, after they were done, talked about the saints being with us. And they said, Now let us stand. And most of us knelt uh, or kneel, and because um, now we're welcoming Jesus Christ the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and they brought, the priest brought down Jesus in the most blessed sacrament. It was fantastic. And it processed it throughout uh, the place. That was, I was very impressed. My third time speaking up there, um, and it was a great time. Uh, so, uh, uh, and then I, I came back, and uh, I got a, a text from one of my friends that I had just buried his father Two weeks ago, and um, he's only was only 47 years old, dying of cancer. And so, uh, right after I got at the airport, I sat there and I drove right to his place in Ohio, and uh, and he passed away this morning. So I anointed him on Saturday, and I was uh, expected him to live longer. A very young doctor, who I've known since he was a child, and. Uh, used to be part of my youth group, and it's just kind of a weird reality. Um, good, good, good kid. Has three of his own boys, the oldest 17, so just pray for them, pray for the family. Um, pray for his mother, who just buried her husband and now has to bury her son. Um, good, good people. So, But as we've said a million times, heaven is nicer than uh, anywhere we happen to live. We were born to be in heaven. And uh, now he gets to see the face of God. And now he gets to to pray for us, his uh, family and his family. And uh, he gets to see things from a totally different perspective. So but just pray for those who are left, his wife and his kids and his mother and his brother and his sister. It's a good family. Anyway... We want to talk today about the Holy Spirit. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about Jesus. Three weeks ago, we talked about the Father. And, you know, in the beginning of this, we um, talked about the Trinity and how we know God. So, But I just want to spend more time with each person of the Trinity, if you will. Again, we remember there's only one God. He has three divine persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father and the Son is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. The Father is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Son. So one, but distinct. And I've always used the analogy, if you light a match, uh, there's a white part, there's a clear part, and there's a blue part. It's just one flame, but there's three distinct parts, but it's just one flame. 
And again, I am not a chemist or anything, so I'm sure there's more to that than the, the, the analogy I give. Somebody might say, that's not uh, completely true. I, well, again, I've always liked it in my own because when I pray, if I have a candle burning in front of me, to know that these uh, the three elements of each flame um, remind me so much of the God's blessed trinity and this community of love. And so... Though traditionally the way we've talked about the spirit is the father loves the son and the son loves the father and their love is so real it's the spirit so the spirit by definition is love is the god of love this spirit uh again one of my favorite books i've ever read on the holy spirit was written by a protestant uh, pastor um and it's called the forgotten god and again some of you that make these comments about that's you know just why why do you go and make these nasty comments he shouldn't be forgotten that's well i get it but but the book is a fantastic book to remind us that often people can deal with the father and people can deal with jesus but the spirit they think of is just some elusive dove you know like what's that got to do with anything or a flame instead of uh, a person the god who dwells within us you know the day that you and i got baptized we became temples of the living god temples of the spirit that the god's holy spirit dwells within us and again that same spirit that came upon jesus uh, when he was baptized the spirit came upon him in his humanity and the spirit is the dynamism of god the dynamite of god you know that uh if we try to live the, the, the life of a Christian without the Holy Spirit, it can't happen. Or it just becomes superstition or it just becomes going through the motions. Everything happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in his uh, humanity? It gave him the power uh, to fight Satan. And he won because of the dynamite of God living inside of him uh, in his humanity. So... The spirit of the living God, his power, uh, gave him the power to uh, battle Satan and win. And so we need that spirit, the same spirit that came upon the apostles when they were afraid and they didn't want to leave their place of prayer and where they were just with each other praying for nine days and the spirit of God came upon them and it empowered them. And I think that one of the... Uh, things with catholics is we get the holy spirit at baptism uh at confirmation but the spirit of the living god just sits at the bottom of our souls you know again i've used the analogy that it's like we have to stir him up as paul talks about uh to timothy and that bishop priest i remind you timothy to fan into a flame the gift god gave you and we laid our hands upon you fan into a flame stir it up you know, so we're given the spirit, but we have to surrender to the spirit of the living God. And when we let the spirit of the living God take full control of our hearts by this surrender, then we can start living in the power of God. At the end of every one of my parish missions, I pray for the outpouring of the spirit for everybody. And I talk about how when I'm giving a talk, the spirit of living God sets me on fire and people come to watch me burn. That's not my line. That was a line from Wesley or one of them. That, and it's just so uh, true that even if I'm tired, even if I don't feel like doing anything and I pray the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of living God sets me on fire and now I can be an instrument of God. The problem I think with most Catholics is we don't surrender to the Holy Spirit. Um, I was listening to, you know, like a, we, we make the Spirit and we make all our prayers so pious. I was listening to something the other day and they had a... Uh, a spiritual communion on there and i was like oh my gosh the the syrupiness and the piousness of it that you know oh if i'm only worthy that kind of stuff is false humility people of the living god we aren't worthy but the god of the universe makes us worthy in the blood of jesus this god of the universe fills us with his holy spirit and wants to live his life through us that's the whole point why we sit there and constantly you know i'm not worthy of your love of course we're not worthy of your love you know how could you come to me a crumb really 
The God who created you and me out of love and sent Jesus to die for our sins to redeem us. We think that he thinks that we're pieces of garbage. Is that who God is? If it is, I want no part of him and neither should you. The God of the universe comes and lives inside of us. That's what his word talks about. That's what we got to start believing in. And the way God lives inside of us is through the Holy Spirit. So we can't do it by ourselves. We can't be holy in ourselves. We can't just go to the motions. It's all about the spirit of the living God. So again, we need to make sure that we have a daily prayer of surrender. The one I use all the time is the Cardinal Mercier prayer. Just put it in Google, Cardinal Mercier prayer. Uh, if you've been to one of my missions, I gave it to you at the last uh, the last day when I'm doing a retreat here for all the confirmands of our diocese or about 400 kids, they're going to get one from me and make them pray it every day. They're going to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ and give him everything. These are the type of things that we all need to be doing because too often we're trying to be holy without the Holy Spirit. It's God's spirit that makes you and me holy. It's all God. It's not us. So there's that true humility that I'm not a, I'm not a worm, a worm, a worm. I am a sinner. And the God of the universe loved me and gave his life for me and fills me with his Holy Spirit so I can be a son or a daughter. That's what we were baptized for. How do we lose that? How do we lose touch with that reality? I think that sometimes the devil, you know, I was just watching a priest we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and um, I just watched a video. Again, he will be nameless. But it was so sad because he talked about uh, the Holy Father should have a, uh, uses the scripture that the Holy Father needs, we need to put a, uh, stone around his neck and cast him into the Mediterranean Sea. So he will die and then he will burn forever in hell. I listened to it. I'm like, what? So here is a priest of God. No, uh, uh, now he's an excommunicated priest of God, but some people think he still is your priest forever, even if you're in hell, who's praying and calling for the murder of the Holy Father, Pope Francis and that he go to hell forever. That is a man, objectively, I don't know his soul, but boy, it sure does show, that does not have the Holy Spirit. Never once, he says, you know, about when he goes to hell and Francis goes to hell and he says, you are not worthy. Of course we're not worthy. You and I will be saved because of Jesus, not because of us. And when people who used to be priests in good standing, try to show people that's demonic. I really believe, I was sitting there thinking, the guy's possessed. Possessed, he smiled as he talked about uh, the murder of Pope Francis. He smiled as he talked about how he will rot in hell for all eternity. It's not God's will that anyone be lost. And for anyone, as I, and I just kept thinking, boy, if I did want to enter into something, I would just write him a letter, call him up and say, Father, well, not anymore. But may Almighty God now judge you the way you just judged the Pope of the church. And that's exactly what will happen. So the more he calls for the damnation of the Pope, God puts that on him. The more he judges and says he should be damned and killed, God puts that judgment on that priest. So we got to pray for him. I'm not going to say his name again, and I don't want to give him his due, but I just want to, when we're talking about the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of God brings us freedom. The Spirit of the living God helps us to grow um, in love and kindness and mercy. And if we're not more loving, then the fruit of our life proves that we're not of God. Huh? The more we become disciples, the more loving we become because God is love. 
And I've talked about it before. The one uh, thing that the devil cannot imitate is humility. So you just got to discern. You got to make sure anyone who's in the Catholic Church who calls for the death of the Pope is no longer Catholic. They are excommunicated. They are no longer a disciple of Jesus. And that which they wish for the Pope, they're bringing to themselves. It's just that simple. You know, and so we got to pray for ourselves and that we make sure that we're living our life by the Holy Spirit. We're not trying to live and judge other people by the way we want. Huh? There was a young priest yesterday, a bunch of us priests were together, and he called me a liberal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just said, uh, I wasn't very surrendered to the Spirit when he called me a liberal because the other priest went, whoa! And I go, whoa, I said, I've been a priest longer than you've been alive, son. And I have prayed longer than you've been alive. And I... Uh, and then I had to start defending myself. I'm the only church with that perpetual adoration. I do a holy hour every day of my life. I have dedicated my life to the Blessed Mother. I have uh, all these things. And uh, But some of the young guys just think I'm a liberal. Some of you watching might think I'm a liberal. Really? Really? That just amazes me. And that's why all the priests just start laughing. You know, like, Really? <laughs> I don't know. If being liberal means that I'm being merciful and I'm being loving, which I'm not naturally, the people that know me know that, and I'm trying to be more uh, caring of others, uh, which is hard for me, then I'm a liberal. But a liberal is one who follows the true teaching of Jesus Christ and isn't concerned because he has Latin mass and he thinks everybody needs to have a Latin mass, which is absolutely fine. But that's not where the future of the church is lying. Our lying is to living by the Holy Spirit, not just going through the motion of a ritual, but living by the Holy Spirit of all of us would be more concerned about judging each other and then more concerned about bringing people who don't know Christ to Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit because that's what the Holy Spirit does, right? When the Holy Spirit came upon them, remember it says in, in John, I mean, um, the Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what is the power of the Holy Spirit? Then you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. A witness means we're pointing and bringing people to Jesus Christ. So when the Spirit comes upon us, it's not for us, it's for others. Again and again and again, it's for others so that you and I got to be bringing people to Jesus Christ. When you surrender to the Holy Spirit, that's what you're going to do. And again, like when we were talking about it in Erie, that we have on the west side of Erie, only 50,000 Catholics, only 20,000 are going to church. Huh? So 30,000 people are not going to church that are already Catholic. So we can sit back and say, oh, that's terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or we can go get them. We can go get them by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can start praying. We can start interceding. We can put them all in the Blessed Mother's arms. We can pray for an outpouring of the Spirit that we can go back and bring our brothers and sisters. These are just the Catholics. Bring them back home to the faith. And we can't do it, but the Spirit can and again, I just think that as a diocese, but not only diocese, our diocese, but Catholics in general, we got to be more concerned about the people that aren't in the pews than the people that are. And I'll never forget, I got that in 1990. I was not even ordained a year yet, and they had the worldwide retreat for priests in um, the worldwide retreat for priests in Rome. And Pope John Paul II was there, and he spoke, and Mother Teresa of Calcutta was there, and Sister Bridge McKenna was there, and I'm newly ordained, and I was just like, there was 9,000 priests from around the world. And a priest got up, and he says, uh, which I said to the bishop the other day, the priest got up and says, Jesus calls us to be fishermen, but we like to be shepherds. And again, he calls certain people to be shepherds, and that's part of what a pastor is. But the pastor and priest must never lose sight that we are not just pastors. We're not just shepherds. We're fishermen. And so to be a good fisherman, you've got to go to where the fish are. The fish don't come to you. If you're a good fisherman, you go to the fish. 
huh? And so we priests have to leave our rectories. You know, as Pope Francis talked about years ago, we need to get the smell of the sheep on us. Not like, here I am, look how holy I am. You come into my, in my mass and you sit there. If you like my mass, like I said to the bishop, uh, the way the priests used to be, not only here but all over, is you come to my church on Sunday or go to hell. And that's not an exaggeration. That's <laughs> just... Uh, it's like my little parish. We got to have a hunger for the lost. We got to be designed uh, and surrender. And that's what the spirit of the living God does. The spirit of the living God gives us, us this concern for the lost that we can really then, because some people say, I can't, I, can't, I can't talk to other people about Jesus. You're right. But the spirit can. And if you surrender the spirit, he can do that through you. We got to know that, like I am very well aware that no one comes to Jesus Christ because of Father Larry. In fact, people come to Jesus Christ in spite of Father Larry Richards, if you get to know me. It's just the truth. That's not, again, that's not false humility. It's truth. But it's by that surrendering to the Holy Spirit. When I start, I'm going to you know, do a, a priest about how to preach, and my biggest thing is going to be with them is you have to preach anointedly, meaning that you can't just get up and tell jokes and tell stories. You've got to get up and pray to the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit anoint you and let him speak through you. And then the Spirit of the living God can bring others to Jesus. And he's just using you and me. huh? So we talk about the Holy Spirit today because it's the third person of Trinity, that we need to surrender to that, that the Spirit of the living God lives inside of you and lives inside of me, and we got to use his power to defeat the enemy, of course, to deal with temptation, of course, to be strong, loving, and wise, of course, but to bring people to Jesus Christ. It's not your job, and it's not my job to be judging the world or the Pope or anybody else because they don't live the way you think they do. Isn't that great? That, that person is not the God of the universe. That we'll stand before the judgment seat of God and Jesus already told us how we'll be judged. I was hungry and he gave me food. I was thirsty and he gave me drink. There's no one that has been doing that more than Pope Francis. And so, if you see things another way, you got to change your thoughts. you got to start there and start surrendering the humility of the spirit of the living God the Spirit of the living God will speak to you and to me through his word, and he'll tell us how we'll be judged one day. And it's not going to be no one will be uh, brought to heaven because they judged others. We were forbidden to do that by Christ himself. Forbidden, stop trying to fight that. huh? That's what he said. That's what Jesus said. And that's what we got to start living. So let's pray that all of us start surrendering ourselves every day to the spirit of the living God, that the spirit controls our hearts and our lives, that the spirit, we allow him to use us to bring others to him so that when we take our last breath and the God of the universe looks at you and me and says, how many of your brothers and sisters have you brought with you? You can't just say, well, I was so concerned about me getting to heaven, I didn't have time to bring anybody else. That'll be the wrong answer. It'll be, Lord... I don't know how, except by your power. But look at all these people who came to know you because you used me, an unworthy sinner, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Think about it. If we bring this new Pentecost, if the Spirit of the living God brings the new Pentecost, not we, but if we surrender and the Spirit comes upon all of us, instead of looking around and crying that the church is dying, which it is not, if we surrender the Spirit, he'll set us all on fire and the church will be burning again. And I know it will because that is my hope. You got it? You get it? You going to live it? May you know his love today and forever. <coughs> Amen. Okay, so let us go down and start the questions. And again, if you have any questions, you just go to the chat, your live chat here if you're live now. Uh, again, you can send stuff uh, to the internet, but we won't get that till next week. And I think I'm here next week. Yes, and again, next week is our uh, 
next weekend. Yeah, yes, I'm going to be here. It's going to be kind of crazy, but uh, next week we have. Uh, I'll be here Thursday, and um, we have Adoration Thursday night next week, and then Friday we start our Oktoberfest. And um, again, if you're in the area, area Cleveland, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Toronto, come on down. It'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the church in Erie, PA, St. Joseph Church, Bread of Life Community uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania. All you have to do is put St. Joseph, Bread of Life, or B-O-L, Erie, PA, and it'll get you directions here. We start at Friday night at 5 o'clock, and then we go on to 11. And then Saturday, we start at 1 o'clock and go on to 11. And then Sunday, we start at 11 o'clock because our Mass is at 10 o'clock, and we'll go on to 5. On Sunday the 8th, we'll raffle off the car or uh, $50,000. If, again, if you haven't got a ticket to help us out, some of you have been more than generous. One guy went in, uh, from Texas, got 600 or $700 worth of tickets. And again, that's all a donation to the parish. It's uh, but with the hope that you can uh, win some money. And as of right now, we got about 480 tickets sold. We haven't paid for the car yet. (laughs) But uh, think about your uh, people talk about how it's a $100 ticket. But right now, we only have 480 tickets sold. So that's only, look at your odds, one out of 480 for $50,000 or a brand new car. Uh, again, I think we sold 1,400 tickets total last year, but that's still, that's one out of 1,400 instead of one out of, we used to sell 60, 70,000 tickets. Um, so, uh, again, it's a donation with the chance of winning $50,000 or a BMW convertible. Mary Blue, it's very nice. So you can go to our website and uh, find uh, and get all that stuff. Um, and of course, I'm getting a call which uh, from the family that uh, someone just died. But anyway, uh, I'll get them right after. So um, I, the one I just talked about. Anyway, um, so I encourage you, if you can come, come and make sure you introduce yourself to me, if you would. I have uh, people coming from all over, and I'm always excited. It's a fine time. I get to spend a lot, a lot of time with everybody there. And you get to meet my dog, Joe, if you come. Okay? If you can't come, you can go to the website, and everything's there. If you do go to our website, and you click, like, more about Oktoberfest or buy tickets for the car, and you say nothing happens, you got to scroll down. Because if you just click it, it's, it's just, it stays at the top of the page. But every, at our website, the way it works is the top page is, you have to go down to get to where it's at. So if you click it and you think it didn't do anything, just scroll and you'll be on that page, okay? Anyway, let's start our questions here. Hi, Harry. Hi, Sandra. Uh, Julia. I heard from your husband yesterday, I'm sure, and from you. I got to think thanks. Hi, Father. So happy to hear the news. Continue to pray for the future of your church. Exactly. And again, if you're from Erie, PA, we need you to be there every week on Sundays. Uh, it would help us a lot if you come to Mass on Sundays because in October is our uh, count. And so, again, though we're not going to be merged with the particular parish, as far as I know, we are. it's going to be looking at our numbers and that, so we need to get our numbers up. Shoes of a fisherman. Father, I'm 51, prayed all my life. I love Jesus, my faith, not shaken. But since the beginning of summer, I have stopped praying. I still go to church, but I can't seem to pray. Some mornings, I just stare. Well, when you're like that, the best thing to do is do it anyway. Meaning that, like, there are days I don't want to say the rosary, Divine Mercy Chaplet. I don't want to do my holy hour. Not because of Jesus, not because I don't want to be with Jesus, because I happen to be tired or anything else. But I do it anyway. So when someone tells me they don't feel like praying and they can't pray, I say, you can say the rosary, you can open your mouth. And then when you do that, the best way to do it is sometimes the Lord leads us into dryness because we're just saying prayers ourselves. When the Word of God says that we do not know how to pray as we ought, so the Spirit of living God, which we just talked about, prays within us. So sometimes you can't pray because it's you 
And God says, I want you to get out of the way. So I'd encourage you, before you ever do any kind of prayer, rosary, read the Bible or anything, you pray the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I don't feel like praying. I can't pray, but I know you can. I surrender myself to you. Take control and let the Spirit of the living God pray within you. And then I'll get you over that hump, okay? Violet the Bloom. Hi, Father Larry Richards. It's S. They watch you in the Philippines. Love your daily mass and your podcast. They love, you know, Philippines mostly major are Catholic. They see their love for the church. Good. Um, I want to get to the Philippines one of these days. I got to get invited over. There you go. Chris, hi, Father Larry. Watching you delayed by five minutes. Okay. My pastor had a great analogy for people always want justice. He said, if you're speeding and a cop comes and pulls you over in a car in front of you, then you should be pull over too. That's justice. Exactly correct. Dear Father Larry, please pray for me and my family. You got it, Jolie. And all that is due to my care home this past month. Okay. Good afternoon. Hi, Sandra. Yay. So excited to hear this news. Father Larry, please pray for my mom, Anna, on Hospice 97. My son, Kevin. You got it. Um, Michelle, good afternoon, Father. Can you please explain 2 Thessalonians 3? When we vent, does it also mean we are gossiping? Oh, you got to show me these things so I don't have to go and look it up. Do, 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 2 Thessalonians 3. 1 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 3. Request for prayers. And glorified, delivered from first, not the Lord is faithful. We are confident in you and construct you. We instruct you to shun any brother who conducts himself in a disorderly way. Yeah, okay. We hear that some of you are conducting yourselves among you in a disorderly way by not keeping busy by minding your own business, but minding the business of others. <laughs> mm. That's why I told, I think it was just a couple of days ago, I said, mind your own business. And people don't like to mind their own business. And, uh, but you hate it, don't you? Those people don't like to mind their own business. You hate it when people mind your business, though, don't you? So again, when that thing is, it, but it, it tells us we're not to judge. We're supposed to follow Jesus. And if we're, if we're really serving Jesus and serving others, we're too busy to be uh, judging everybody else. So um, you can vent like I vent. Like when I had the stuff, I called uh, my best friend and I just said, okay, I got to vent. I yelled and screamed or whatever, but just to my buddy. I didn't do it in front of anybody else. And then I have my shrink that I'll see in you know, 20 minutes, and I'll vent to him. So there are people you can vent to, uh, of course. Uh, Jesus, I think, vented with the apostles, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, when he talked about uh, the things and about the Pharisees and other people. So, but there's a difference. To gossip means to sit there and trying to ruin someone's, uh, it's an unfounded truth, and you spread it anyway. Or detraction is an unkind truth, and you spread it anyway to... Uh, destroy the uh, uh, reputation of another. Now, like earlier today when I talked about that priest, I didn't mention his name so I wouldn't destroy his reputation. Um, people can know what that is. And again, I have to bring him out. Why? Because he's leading people astray, uh, leading many people astray, saying he's the true Catholic and only if, you, if you're the one that's offended by him, you're the problem, exact quotation. So uh, I got to sit there and say it like Jesus had to go against the Pharisees and that. So, but it's, it's interesting. He didn't go against a particular Pharisee in all of Scripture. He talked about the Pharisees. Now, we can talk about uh, people in general. We can't make a judgment on a person, though. Huh? That's the, the big thing. So hope that helps. Uh, we had a CFN men's conference in Pittsburgh on Saturday, too. I keep Santos to bring you back. You tell them. I haven't been back there in a while. They, we just gave money for that conference, too, from my foundation. Listening to you with that wonderful line, blood of Christ, inebriate me from Antichrist, ripping in my earring in my ears. That is a great line to contemplate. We need to pray and fast for that priest. It is so sad to see a priest of Jesus go that path. Can he be redeemed? Of course he can be redeemed. All he has to do is repent. Huh? Again, we can all go crazy. 
we have to, that's why I have to go to confession all the time. Okay. Did you hear Jim Kelly uh, was baptized a week ago? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. That's great. Coming next Thursday, I'll be praising worship with Steve John. Looking forward to Oktoberfest. It'll be fantastic. I think so. Pray for the weather now is what we need prayers for. I'm going to Italy in pilgrimage next week. Please pray for me. Oh, you have a fine time in Italy. It's still warm over there. It can start getting chilly, but it's still a great time to go to Italy. When I can't pray, I try to pray the uh, L-O-T-H or just the Psalms and be, uh, Liturgy of the Hours and just the, or just the Psalms because I feel like God is going and doing the praying and I can't do it again. Pray the Holy Spirit. The Spirit can do that. I'm always under super anxious when I go to confession and forget sins. Oh, don't be. Yes, get over yourself. That's all I can say. You know, you know your sins. You don't have to worry about, you know, how did I forget a sin? That's all focused on you. You shouldn't be focused on you. You should be refocused on repenting. And so when you go to confession, it's like, these are my sins. And you go through, don't go nuts. You know, all venial sins are forgiven at the beginning of every Mass. Mortal sins, you have to say the, the kind and number, but you probably are not committing mortal sins. And if you are, you should know that. I missed Mass on Sunday. I had sex outside of marriage. I got drunk on purpose. I had an abortion, helped someone have an abortion. You will know those mortal sins, and so you must confess them. But the other ones, like when people come in and say, oh, Father, it's been a week, and I had, oh, uh, uh, 29... Uh, Sexual temptations. Shut up. You mean you sat there and counted every one of them? Just stop it. It's got to be a relationship where you come before the God of the universe and say, God, I am sorry for all my sins. And the ones you know, that's why at the end of it, you say, for these and all my sins, I am heartily sorry and cover them. Do not be focused on yourself ever, 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 ever in the spiritual life. The spiritual life is the forgetfulness of self. Never, 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 never the focus on self. So, he said, gently, kindly, and compassionately. I get strong like that to make an impression in you. Do not be focused on yourself or your sins. Be focused on Jesus. So, whenever you're aware of a sin, look at Jesus and say, Jesus, this is me without you. Repent immediately and move on. Huh? Mortal sins, you must confess. So, again, you'll remember your mortal sins. The other ones, if you sit there and think, okay, uh, did last week, did I judge somebody in the morning? I don't know if I did or I didn't. I don't know. You should be doing that throughout every day. So Jesus, I want them to see you, not me. So help me to get over myself. Help me to get over my sins. Again, I think that uh, when, like when people come to me for confession and they're only focused on their selves, I'll sit there and I'll say, well, first of all, it was very focused on self. Now, did you, do you take care of the poor? And they'll go, well, 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 ah, okay, yeah. Well, if you weren't so focused on yourself, you might take care of the poor more. You know, if you're more concerned about other people's salvation, you'll be saved in the process of that by definition. But if you're only focused on yourself, and, you're, and I'm not saying you are, I'm just, I'm just reacting to the question, that you need to sit there and, uh, you know, again, if you haven't heard my confession CD, it's free. You go to Our Hope TV. I have a whole hour about how to go to confession, what you should confess, all that kind of stuff. And so you'll make a good confession, but you will not be overly focused on yourself. You need to always be focused on Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Not you, not you. You'll be saved because Jesus died for you. So be grateful, not always guilty, okay? So hopefully that helps. You say, Father, you're crazy. Yes, I am, just so you know. Okay. Da, 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 da. Don't be anxious. Uh, do you think it's habitual sin and I can't pray? No, I think it's... Uh, you not surrendering. God isn't testing you. You need to surrender to the spirit of the living God. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, are you coming up Sunday? We're coming up Sunday for Oktoberfest this year. Good. Father, is the rest of the interview with Justin Fatika from last week anywhere online? No, we did not uh, complete it. Uh, we tried to do it again yesterday, uh, but uh, that didn't work either. So they, or day before yesterday. So they had a call, uh, it in. And uh, as they called uh, uh, the 
whatever, you know, the electric people that uh, we needed a new modem because our, our, our web stife was fast, but the modem couldn't hold it, so it kept slowing things down. So we also got uh, a new system now that um, they, uh, the system records, I record on my side, they record on their side, and then it automatically sends it to them. So even if the Internet is a problem, uh, it's recorded on your own side and then it's merged together. So hopefully that'll be good. Um, yes. Yeah, so again, if you go to our hope TV and you go to, uh, confession, you just hit confession. It'll give you an hour. It's a free talk on confession. There's 3 million of those out. So again, when people get crazy, someone says, uh, father was hard on me in confession. Yeah, I get that way. Um, because I want to make an impact. I don't want you to just go through a regular, I go to confession every week and it's all the same thing. Uh-uh, nope, 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 nope. I want you to come to a repentance and that you start changing. That's the whole point of confession. Not that you're constantly going the same thing. So anyway, but it'll be, we're going to redo that thing with Fatika soon. My son's birthday today, not practicing Catholic anymore. It breaks my heart just to sit there and put him in the Blessed Mother's arms, you know. So when you say the Hail Mary, say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for my son now at the hour of his death. Amen. And then God can do great things. Okay? So we have a few more questions. There's no more questions live on chat. Do non-Catholics do non -Catholics go to purgatory? Just wondering about my father, grandmother, and uh, grandmother, grandfather. Of course, they can go to purgatory, and they can go to heaven, you know, too. It's true that non-Catholics can go to heaven, according to Vatican Council, too. Now, for all those people who go, no, Catholics, non-Catholics can't go to heaven. You're a Nazi. You don't know the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. He said gently, kindly, compassionately. <laughs> Would you mind explaining a little bit about purgatory? It's true. Poor souls in purgatory are totally unable to help themselves. And why? Yes, uh, purgatory is, uh, again, Pope uh, Benedict talked about. It's not like... Uh, it's a purification. It can be that fast, you know, because God is beyond time. So when you die, whatever in your life that is still not purified, God who is love embraces you and his love is a fire and it burns away all your selfishness. So the more selfish, as long as you're in a state of grace, the more selfishness you have, the more it burns away and the longer it takes. But it's a, it's a, it's a fire of love, the fire of God's love and purification. So Never worry about, I mean, we have to pray for people. Like every day I'm big on praying for the poor souls in purgatory. It's important. They, they're counting on it, and we need to pray for them. It's good to have devotion, but I always talk about uh, it's more important that we're trying to get people in heaven. Why? Because there's people walking the earth that if they die, they will go to hell. Every single person in purgatory, everyone will go to heaven. So, we have to worry for them and pray for them. But we got to make sure we're praying and keep people out of hell is even more important than praying for the poor souls in purgatory. But it's not either or, it's both and. Have you read any of uh, Anne Catherine Emmerich's visions? I did in seminary. I am not myself into any visionaries because people then listen to them instead of the Gospels. The teaching of the church is that everything needed for salvation, Jesus taught us, and it's in the teaching of the church. All those other things are unnecessary for salvation, and people, sometimes people get wacky over them. I mean, literally, you know, they say, well, this saint said this, and I always say, I don't care what any saint says. How about that? I care about what the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church is because the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church is Jesus Christ. Saints have made mistakes. You got that right. Uh, John Vianney, one of the greatest saints, thought there was a, a, a true apparition at his time of the Blessed Mother and it proved out to be false, so he was wrong. Uh, 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 what you might call it? Um, Thomas Aquinas was wrong about either the Immaculate Conception or the... Um, uh, the other one, because I can't remember, I never forget, I have to always go look it up. But anyway, so saints can be wrong, huh? So, but you don't have to sit there and uh, uh, worry about those things. We got to make sure that we're trying to get everybody to heaven. When folks tell me that Catholics can't go to heaven, I asked Adrian Bonhoeffer, very good. Hi, Connecticut layman, Catholic layman. I love Connecticut, very good. I had a fine time up there last week. 
We're happy that your parish stays open. Yes, you got this right. Good news. Yeah, prayer is the most important thing we have. Absolutely. God says in his word to do good things even when no one is watching, to do good things and not expect praise. I never asked God to send his son to die for me. He did so because he loves us. Yet, he expects us to give him praise in return. Also, it is written that the, even the angels are confused as to why God still loves us because we are just that horrible. <coughs> Excuse me. If that's the case, why does the creator, the almighty... Excuse me. The I am that I am need validation and love for me, a lowly, sinful peasant. And even the angels in heaven wonder about it. I don't get it. He doesn't need anything from us. When we praise him, we learn to be like him because, see, this is, again, the problem. That God always praises us. God does everything for love of us. Think about it. God, just today, the God of the universe, who the universe cannot contain beyond all the stars, all the angel, all the galaxies, all the universes, this God that's beyond them all, became, took the form of a piece of bread and wine this morning and fed me with his very, very everything who he is, the body, blood, soul, humanity, and divinity of God. So this is what God does for me and for you. And so he wants us to learn to be like him. So when we praise him, when we worship him, when we love him, we're just returning the favor, love for love. God doesn't need it all. He existed before you existed and before I existed, before anything existed. God has always existed. And God, by definition, is a community of love. He didn't need any of us. He created us out of love. And he asked us to love him back if we like. That's why we have freedom. Hell is God giving you what you want. If it's not him, that's what you'll get. But again, I don't buy this God who creates us and just tells us to do everything or you'll be damned. Because that is a horrible God. And that's not the God that's revealed in the word of God and Christianity. Huh? So, I get it. So, uh, hi there, Father. Back in my day, priests in college preached the only Catholics go to heaven. I know. That was pre-Vatican II. Vatican II is very clear about... Uh, even an atheist, through no fault of his own, can get to heaven. Uh, tons of guilt. You got that right. Anyway, I got to go see my shrink. So again, uh, uh, God willing, I'll be here next week unless Oktoberfest gets absolutely crazy, and then I got to cancel. Uh, the following week, I'll be at doing a parish mission, but I should be able to do everything from my mission uh, down there in the middle of the day. I'll be down in Doylestown at Our Lady of Mount Carmel in two weeks, Monday through uh, right the day after Oktoberfest for that week. So encourage you to come if you're in that area, and we'll see you there. So please pray for me. No, I pray for you every day, and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Mm -hmm.